0: Welcome to the first episode of Black Girl Uninterrupted. It is a weekly session with your favorite girlfriends designed to help you engage in healthy dialogue, self-reflection, and motivate you while navigating through a world that ain't ready for all your black girl magic. I'm your host, Kiara Amore. It is a pleasure to have you for the first episode of Black Girl Uninterrupted. It has been such a long time since I've been uh, trying to put together a really good project, some really good content, and just really researching the art of podcasting. And we are finally here, the first episode. Like, this is lit. This is so lit. Y'all, I am in my room right now recording, and I'm pumping my fist because This is so lit. (laughs) So today's episode is called Unapologetically Unstoppable. Relocating like a boss, okay? So many of my friends and family have so many questions about the things that I've done to relocate. How did you do it? What made you leave? Are you coming back? They want to know so much, but sometimes I don't have all the answers. So a part of my podcast is kind of like a therapy session for myself and for my friends and family. So they also understand that I'm okay. And I'm probably most likely not coming back. (laughs) For those who don't know, I relocated from Miami. Yes, I'm from the bottom. (laughs) I am from the crib. I came out here last year uh, to Houston, Texas after a breakup and boy 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 did I need it in my space. We're gonna get more into the choices to relocate and why I decided to do it. It is so many factors that you need to take in consideration before relocating and today we're gonna talk about how to relocate like a boss and not feel guilty about it and living in your truth. So without further ado let's get into this first episode. All right, y'all. So the first episode is called Unapologetically Unstoppable Relocating Like a Boss. So many people want to know why would you leave South Florida to go to overpopulated, overtrafficked, <laughs> so many things going on in Houston, Texas? Why Houston? Houston was sorry Houston Houstonians. Uh, you guys were not my first priority. <laughs> Honestly, I was considering different areas like Dallas, Irving, Texas, and also South Carolina. I decided on Houston because it was an easier transition for my son and I uh, because I did have a friend out here that had things set up and that was willing to allow me and my son to relocate here temporarily living with her. But more than that, let's unpack uh, some of those reasons why I decided to move. I was in a relationship prior to relocating and I had a very life-changing decision to make, uh, which resulted in our breakup. I decided to move forward with um terminating a pregnancy and within that I decided I wasn't going to stay. I was already uh one and a half of my big feet outside of outside of Miami and he was the only thing that was honestly keeping me there. And I just wanted out. And that's the truth. There was no amazing, magical reason as to why Houston was the best place. There is an episode on uh, one of my favorite, actually a movie, one of my favorite movies. She talks about. Feeling like she's suffocating and this is beyond the lights when she's overwhelmed with her boyfriend, with her mom, with her fame and everything like that. She's done with keeping up with with appearances and everything like that. She felt like she was suffocating in the middle of the street and no one can see her die in so many words those were my exact feelings i honestly felt like i was not growing i felt like personally i've i've done enough in south florida I did not feel like I just wanted to be there. I had one foot in, one foot out. I always wanted to move away from South Florida. Do not get me wrong. I love the crib. I love where I'm at. I love I love where I'm from. Don't get me wrong. I wear my city on my back like a tat. Ew. Okay. But any, any, any person that, that knows that there's more to life outside of, you know, Carroll City or Liberty City, they just know that it's just something else there for them out in the world. And, and I made a very scary, a very tough decision to, to move on and move away from my, my family, my comforts, more so my comforts, uh, leaving my friends and also leaving a dead relationship. Um, I'm not so hurt over the relationship anymore. I believe I gave myself enough time to heal, to get over the things that I needed to get over. I've contemplated going back, but when I went home this summer, it didn't feel the same. It, It didn't feel like home anymore. It felt like this is just my home home because... This is where I'm from, you know, and not where I have my nice queen-size bed and my art and my really big garden tub and my apartment where I don't have to pay over $1,000. You know, in South Florida, it was just too much. I didn't want to sacrifice um, time with my son. Versus getting extra jobs to pay bills. I didn't want to do that. So I decided to relocate to Houston Texas. And it's been absolutely amazing, let me tell you. Now, there are times when things get tough um, because you are here along. And you just got to know that things will be okay. You'll be all right. You'll get through it. But guess what? There is light at the end of the tunnel, girl, and you'll be (laughs) a-okay. You will be a-okay, okay? okay? Trust me, you'll be fine. So we're going to talk a little bit about some of the questions I've gotten so far on relocation. I have a lot of friends back at home that ask me all the time, Kiera, why? Why would you do that? Like, how are you dealing emotionally and how did you tell your family and how did they take it? I told my family um obviously after I've already was very solid in my mind that I wanted to go and um I told them and I was like, "Hey, listen, I'm leaving." And they was like, "Yeah, sure. You're going to leave. You say that every year around this time here." And I'm just like, "No." I am so serious, like I'm leaving, like I have my stuff packed up, oh, because you was looking for apartments, no, um, no, I'm not doing that no more, I'm actually leaving, I'm going to Houston, this is my address where I'm going to be at, and they did not take me serious until they saw me packing up the car, and at that time, my son was eight years old, Uh, his birthday had just passed, and we just had a really, really big party for him, I rented a party bus, Him and about 30 other kids, we went to the bowling alley, we had a really big, really big party, and I just wanted to go out and stop, because I felt like I was doing him such a a disservice from taking him away from my dad, my uncle, my brother, um, and a lot of his friends that he was going to see the next school year, going to third grade, so I just felt like I had to do something really, really special for him. my reaction to the responses—I wasn't surprised that my uncle was like, "Yeah, sure, you're gonna, you wasn't gonna do that." I wasn't surprised at all because I felt like I knew that um, it was going to be some type of like, "Yeah, she's really not serious about it." Um, but I just honestly, I was just like, "Yeah, you're gonna see." <laughs> Um, for my son, that was the hardest part because I felt like I had to take him away from his friends, his family, everything he's come to learn and love within the past eight years of his life. Um, being that we have moved from Jacksonville back to Miami uh, after I gave birth to him, after a year of living uh, with him alone on my own. And we spent seven years in Miami. And those were The longest seven years. Okay, let me tell you. But they were precious. Honestly, he was able to develop a a great relationship with my grandfather until his passing. And he has an amazing relationship with my dad, my uncles, my grandmother. Uh, My grandmother, like, you know, they call him Jeremiah the prophet. And our whole family just dotes on my son because he has the most beautifulest soul That you will probably ever see now. He has some kinks, you know, some parts of us that's in him that we're just going to keep working on. But when I told him about it, he was really excited, but he was scared. He was nervous. On his last day of school, the teacher called me and said, Khalil is in the classroom crying because he says he's never going to see us again. And he just was very emotional and it broke my heart because I just felt like I was doing the worst thing a parent could ever do. Who would want their child to go through those emotions of having an emotional breakdown in class? Because These are my friends. These are the people that I've been been cool with since kindergarten. Like, these have been my friends for the past two, three years. Why would you take them away from me, mommy? So I felt really bad, and a great thing about his teacher was that she was able to help him see it as an adventure, you know, a new journey for you and your mom, you know, take pictures, do a lot of things. You're going to sightsee along the road trip. And he was no longer scared anymore. And I just so thankful so much for Mrs. Kalix at Miami Gardens Elementary School. Shout out to you, girl, uh, for, you know, just being a support system. And you need a lot of teachers like that. That's always going to be motivating your children, especially if the children are very vocal on what's going on in your home life um so that was really, really tough to to see my son um just cry, you know it happened to teacher to call me, but we got through it, and towards uh the end of July after his birthday, it was the time winding down. I had um some girlfriend time, and the night before. I left. All my girlfriends came over. They were talking about me like I was dead. Like, what's your favorite memory of Kiara? Like, I'm not dead. I'm here. But, like, they told some hilarious stories. And I'm so grateful for my girls, my my bottom. These are what we call them in Miami. This is my bottom bitches. Okay? And I'm pumping my fist again because these are my bottom bitches. Um, Chandra, Kishay, Lindsay, Ashika, like y'all, Vanessa, y'all were my bottom bitches that helped me through that transition and has always been the air for me since I've been here. And I'm so appreciative of all of you ladies Um, while I've been in transition to Houston. And it was absolutely amazing. The night, um, the morning coming until um, me leaving, my brother... And I had a moment, and me and my brother are not the best of friends in the same roof. And my brother packed up my car for me, and he gave me a hug. He told me to check on him, and he gonna call us. And it was amazing to see that relationship grow with distance, <laughs> because me and my brother cannot get along in the same house. Okay, we will fight like cats and dogs, and it will go one and one and one. Four years, okay. Bye. Um, but my brother packed up my car, we hugged it out, and I knew I was making the right decision. And it was so many times on that road trip that I was like, Oh my god, what am I doing? I need to go home. <laughs> right? But I was like, keep going, you you're making the right decision, and I just knew like if I keep pressing, if I keep going. I'm going to get there, and whatever it is that is going on in my head that kept saying, go to Texas, go to Texas, go to Texas. I've been thinking about Texas for the past four years. So being in a relationship wasn't going to change that point-blank period. It was never going to change my desire to get to Texas. I have no idea why God has prophetically put that Um, and put taxes on my heart so heavily um, because I've been talking about it for a very long time and it was just like a light bulb went off and once I got here, it was like, bomb, I'm here. Bam. I lived with one of my goodest girlfriends, um, my best girlfriend, uh, Portia, and she allowed me and my son to stay in her room, um, her daughter's room, until we got an apartment. So we was there for about... Too much two months was was really a good time uh to get settled and we went through Harvey, which was like crazy. I stayed with my um my dad's friend, which is considered my uncle back in Miami. Y'all know everybody got uncles. Everybody got uncles that's not related to them, so y'all don't even play me like that, okay? So my uncle <laughs> Um we stayed in my uncle's spot for about a week. And until Harvey was finished, it wasn't until after things got cleared up, they were still having all these moving specials because everyone was being relocated. I found a place. It was nice. I'm right on the main street. I'm close to Bath and Body Works. I'm close to a gas station. I'm close to a HEB and everything is right and well within me um, getting settled. Um, the school my son went to was really good. Uh, I have some really good five top things that you need to know before relocating. And we're going to get into those shortly. Um, just to double back about some things that I did when I relocated. Uh, another question I got was how much money did you honestly save before relocating? Um, I saved a couple thousand, honestly, but... I kept the couple thousand in my bank account. Um, however, I used my one of my paychecks to fund me just moving on the road, you know, and like you I needed to do that. Um, because you need money and once you relocate, you need to understand your money is gonna go as fast as you as fast as you can say, um, hey. That's how fast, (laughs) that's how fast your money will go once you start relocating. You will think that you have enough money in your bank account, but baby, expenses, because once you do a cross-country trip, like from Miami to Houston, is over 1,100 miles. Once you do a cross-country trip, and you stop places, and you go to New Orleans, and you have beignets at Café Du Monde and you do all these nice sightseeing things and adventures to make this transition very smoothly with your son you start to see your, your, your things diminish. And I'm like, I'm carrying at least two grand on me. Um, because for unknown expenses, like if my car breaks down, I need to have cash on hand. Um, so I, I carry two grand with me and then I had a couple thousand inside my bank account and it just carried me until I had to get my place. And then y'all know, once you get your place, that's when your money really starts going the hell away. Okay, (laughs) you got to buy furniture, you got to buy mattresses, you got to get stuff set up, you got to get deposits, you got to get all this crazy stuff, which was really good. I was able to get my apartment with only a hundred dollars down. So, shout out to Jesus for allowing me to make sure my credit was okay before I came out here. So, that's another thing, but we're going to get into those top five things that you need to do before relocating. Um, I definitely had a plan, um, before I came here, my plan was to get shit done. Okay. And it shit it happen for myself and pursue my dreams, which is into radio. Um, so let's get into those five top things that you need to know before relocating. Go ahead and grab your pen, your paper, get this stuff out because this, we is going to school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So. Top five things that you need to do before relocating is one, plan. Do not say you're going to move somewhere and not have an adequate plan and a backup plan and a backup to the backup. Baby, you need three plans before you even come out here to uh, any city. Really, you just need to make sure that you have a plan. You know what it is that you want to do. You have uh, some companies that you're interested in interviewing for. You've already started putting some applications out and you're ready to go. Right. So you want to make sure that you have a plan. Number two, baby, a deadline will carry you to the finish line. Now, there is nothing like setting a goal and a goal expiration date. So for me, my expiration date was at the end of July. I decided to move the first weekend in August because that was the pay period. Let's be honest. She ain't finna act all bougie. On the podcast, talking about like, yeah, girl, I just picked up. I was like, oh, that's a good pay period. I could just move that Saturday because Friday I get paid and I have extra money on hand. So you want to give yourself a deadline. And if you have to wiggle it out to another weekend, that's totally fine. Do you, but stick to your deadline. And that's it. Solamente. Also. Get your money up. Get your money up. You do not want to come ill prepared to relocate into a whole nother city and definitely not to a whole new state. There are added expenses that you will see, traveling expenses. You want to have backup money just in case something happens to you on the road. Especially if you're road tripping it, you want to be able to stop and go experience the cities that you're passing through, experience the culture of the city that you're just relocating to. You want to go downtown, visit, eat. Eat crawfish, go to Discovery grade, and you want to have a good old grand time, okay? So you want to have your ducks in a row when it comes to them coins, because you will not to be happy if you do prop if you do not properly plan a budget for yourself. Um, something I also encourage is travel, travel, travel to that place first. Do not go sight unseen. Now, some people do that and they end up loving it. But for some people that are very close to their family or that may have large uh, apprehensions on relocating, you definitely want to reach out to people you know in that city. Visit, see what's going on in the city, see what type of festivals are going on. What are the schools like? What are the people like? Engage in the culture. Does it match anything that you would like to do in the near future? Is the schools better? Sometimes the schools aren't. And what is the nightlife like? I know that's not like a big priority for me, but there are times when mommy needs a life too, right? So you need to know what all of those things are like before relocating to a whole new city, sight unseen. It's like buying a house and on HGTV, and they buy this house, and it got all this mold, and then there's no floorboards, and there's no baseboards, and the foundation is cracked. And they got to pour all of this extra money out because they did not do their due diligence. So you want to avoid that altogether and just come out to the place, experience the culture. Definitely come out when there is absolutely nothing going on. Nothing. Come when there is absolutely no festivals, no concerts, and there's just like regular Houston life or North Carolina or Georgia or whatever it is that you want to go. Go experience it when it's not on a hyped weekend. So if you go going to Atlanta, don't go on Luda Weekend. You know, you want to experience it on its normal pace, not when it's touristy and it's a lot because you want to take in just those simple things that the city has to offer. One thing that I love to do on Saturday mornings is go to Discovery Green. I haven't been able to do it very often uh, because I'm trying to get back into my regimen of working out, but I promised myself... I'm going to get me a bike. My son finally learned how to ride his bike. So now all I need to do is get a bike rack for my Mitsubishi, and I can buy me a bike. And now we can go bike riding in Buffalo Bayou Park. So Christmas, I'm definitely looking to get me a bike uh, so we can go and explore the city on the bikes as well. So in my last but not least thing... I guess I would say join some Facebook groups. That helped me a lot because I was able to meet other people that is not from Houston and that will be having those same shared experiences as I would and they can help me navigate through this tough life of being a relocating mom and a single mom and Being out on my own and experiencing life for what I want it to be and not for what I was always told it should be. So, definitely do those things. Plan. Get you a deadline. Get some money saved. Travel to that place first and join some Facebook groups to start meeting some potential new friends. My tribe out here is all my bitches from Facebook, okay? Mika means you my bitch, okay? Um, outside of that, those are my top five things that you need to do before relocating. So let's go back and unpack um, some of the other questions that I've gotten. Um, obviously, my mood was very emotionally guided because I was just going through a very tough breakup. I had a lot of things going on I need to forgive myself for. Uh, it was definitely a very emotionally uh, vulnerable place I was in. And um, I had to learn to be emotionally independent from the guidance of my friends. And understand when I say I had to be emotionally independent from the guidance of my friends. I had to learn to not pick up the phone and say, Ashika, I need you Um can you talk to me today about this, about that? I needed to do that on my own. I needed to come out here and figure out on my on my own about the things that I need to fix within myself. And there are times when Ashika would not pick up the phone, and that was okay because guess what? Figure it out, Kiara. Uh, a lot of people don't understand when I say being emotionally independent is 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 it's, it's a good thing, and it's not. A bad thing, you just have to understand how to deal with yourself in your rawest, rarest form. Dealing with yourself in your rawest, realest form. Being in a house alone with just your kid may be overwhelming for some, but when you have that me time like I have right now, kid is asleep, TVs are off, house is shut down, You now have that personal time that you need to get things in order for your next day, for the days coming ahead. If you need to work on your resume, if you need to spruce things up around the house, if you need to clean up, now is your time. Embrace that. Um, I do get a lot of questions about loneliness. I feel like loneliness is the opportunity for you to really get to love yourself. Or even get to know yourself. Sometimes I feel like I dealt with loneliness for the first few months, very hard because it was like I'm alone and I'm dealing with these hard, these old feelings of resentment and regret and and anger and frustration with this one person who I felt like did an injustice to me. But in fact, this what was God was telling me the whole time to. Uh, seclude myself from others, and sometimes seclusion is the best answer uh that you all can can get from God because I feel like when God wants to seclude you from everyone it's his time it's his time to talk to you it's his time to get to know you, and it 's his time. To have your undivided attention. And when God is doing that to you. I think you just got to listen. I'm not the most religious person. But I'm just going to say. I felt like God's full plan for me. Was to take me away. Strip me of all the things I felt like I knew about myself. Rebuild me. I just posted on on my Facebook. That. I'll read this exactly to you guys, how I wrote it on the page. And when I wrote this, it was the most realest page or post that I've posted on my page for a very long time. Eighth grade, I was voted most likely to have my own talk show. College, I did that. Had to take some time off. I loved, lost, worked, struggled, loved. Be torn into pieces, relocate, find myself, get the bag, morph into the black girl uninterrupted. It is time that needs to be spent by yourself. do not do not put loneliness in a negative light. It is not. And some people I'm starting to learn cannot deal with loneliness. The minute you can deal with loneliness and transfer that word lonely to me time, self-care, quiet time, self-reflection time, meditation time, then you won't be able to enjoy the blissfulness of getting to know and love yourself outside of what people think you are. Another question I received was, do you miss Miami? Hell yes. I miss the crib. I miss y'all. I miss going out. I miss having really good drinks because they don't really know how to make blue Long Islands. And they make me say blue motherfuckers every time I go to a club. That's just too damn long for me. Okay? Let me get a blue motherfucker, please. Like, we're tender. Let me get a blue motherfucker. Yes. Thank you. Um, how am I dealing with them? missing my friends and my family? I decided to uh come home more often. So in the next the next years I'll be coming home more often to um sometimes lean off that um homesick vibe that I was getting my first year, but now like I'm not homesick. I have everything set up. Me and my girls, we go out, we have plans with our kids. We we do one big event, we try to travel, we try to road trip, we try to make This transition with our kids, um, extremely fun, because this transition did not only affect us, it also affected the kids as well. We want to keep that in mind. Um, And the last question I got that I'm going to answer is, how did I meet friends at 28 years old? Girl, Facebook, I told y'all them Facebook groups, me and Mika Means. I posted on our Not From Houston group, and I was like, oh, my God, I need to get out. I was going through an emotional breakdown. I was crying. I was like, oh, my God, I need to get out of this house. I feel like I'm suffocating. I just feel like I'm just doing a lot. I just, I I think um, I didn't even lose my job at this time. I was still working from home. I didn't meet anybody. It was like I was deprived of social interaction, and I don't even like people that much, but <laughs> But I was just so upset at the fact that I was just by myself all the time. So I posted on this page, Mika means my girl, Jamika. She invited me out instantaneously. I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm out. I'm going out. I met her. We had an amazing time. And since October, me and my girl been rolling tough. And it's about to be one year into our friendship. And it's just been absolutely Positively amazing that me and her has been really cool. Her oldest daughter, I call Little Coco, which everybody also knows me as Coco or more um, during my college radio days. But she is Little Coco. She even dresses like me sometimes, and I love it. I, her her youngest daughter Christina is just like another version of me. It's like the athletic me, you know, when I was like tight board and everything. And just, you know, so nice. Like, I don't remember being that nice. But Christina is just, Christina little Coco is just like my surrogate daughters. I can't wait to have more kids. Uh, we're going to talk more about dating in Houston on another episode. But that is the episode where we're going to have all of my girlfriends. It has been such a pleasure to have you ladies and you guys in to the first episode of Black Girl Uninterrupted. I have all of my social handles In the description box, make sure you guys follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Black Girl Uninterrupted. Again, all of my social handles will be in the description box. Make sure you comment, like, and share this this, uh, podcast. It helps everyone else to find the podcast. And this has been such an amazing show. I am your girl, Kiara Amor, and make sure you keep it real cute. Bye, y'all.